Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear Christian friends, sons and daughters of the King, life is often difficult, isn't it? It's not always all fun and games. So you've probably heard some people say this. Maybe you've said it yourself. Maybe you use a word a little bit stronger than the one I'm going to use, but life stinks. However, what really stinks is death. Figuratively, like the way we're talking, but also literally. But life with Jesus is new and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and exciting and it's fresh. And I think there's nothing more beautiful, exciting, wonderful, fragrant, fragrant and fresh than Easter Sunday, right? And I hope and pray that your, all, your celebration of Easter Sunday last week was a highlight. I'm sure it was, right? And you're still basking and here we are another week later. We're still basking in, in the peace and the joy of Easter and the light and the life and everything that Easter means. We're still singing, belting out those Easter hymns. We've heard in these three lessons more evidence that Jesus is alive. He's risen and he lives for us. He's calming our fears and he's strengthening our faith and he's preparing us to live. This morning, we're going to take a look at, I'm pretty confident that it's a familiar story to most of us, um, but it's not a story that happened after Jesus' resurrection. For instance, like the gospel lesson that we just heard, the, the night of Jesus' resurrection or a week later. Um, it's, a, it's a story that happened a little bit before Jesus' death and his resurrection. Uh, in fact, it's a story that in some ways kind of um, drove Jesus towards his death and his resurrection. Story that kind of helped bring that about. Um, I'm going to read two parts from John chapter 11, but it would probably be helpful, it would be good for us to get on the same page and just kind of remember the story. So the main characters besides Jesus, Jesus is always the main character in the Bible, but in this story, the three main characters are Mary, and Martha and Lazarus. They were three siblings. They were good friends of Jesus and his other disciples. They were believers in Jesus. They were supporters of his ministry. Often when Jesus was going up to Jerusalem for the festivals or at any occasion, he would often stay in the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and uh, because they were, they were good friends. And Jesus loved them as friends and and they loved Jesus, and they loved serving Jesus, and they loved listening to Jesus, and they loved worshiping Jesus. But then Lazarus became ill, gravely ill. And so Mary and Martha, they immediately sent word off to Jesus that your dear friend Lazarus is really sick. Not because they wanted him to come and, you know, Jesus, maybe you should say your goodbyes. No, they, they were calling to Jesus because they knew that he could do something about it, even perform a miracle, even heal their brother. 
as gravely ill as he was. Surprisingly, the Bible says that since Jesus loved them, he did nothing. He waited almost two days, several days. And in John chapter 11, there was this conversation. Even Jesus' disciples were confused by Jesus' inaction. And there's this conversation between Jesus and his disciples. And as usual, they, the disciples were misunderstanding. And to be honest, it doesn't seem like Jesus is making much sense. They're calling you, Jesus. You know, Jesus would always have time for anybody, everyone. Go. But he waited. Finally, Jesus told his disciples, you know, Lazarus is dead. And we're going to, let's go and, and see him. And that sets the stage for where I'm going to start reading here in John chapter 11, beginning at verse 17. We hear that when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary was sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even when he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never perish. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. This is a scene that is probably familiar. We've all, maybe in the past, been part of a scene like this. And if not, there's going to be a time when we're probably going to be part of a scene like this in the future, when a loved one passes away. People were there to spend time with Mary and Martha, to just talk to them, to just sit with them, to just cry with them. Maybe some people brought food. They tried to encourage them, and they tried to comfort them. Maybe they just reminisced about Lazarus and better days in the past. When they heard that Jesus was arriving, though, Mary stayed in the house with the rest of the folks, but Martha went out to greet Jesus. And I want to draw your attention to two things that Martha said when she reached Jesus, right? Remember? She said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha knew that Jesus was all-powerful, that he could do all things, that he could even heal the sick. But he didn't. <laughs> and they waited and waited and waited and waited, and Jesus didn't come, and Lazarus died. And so Martha's saying, if only, Lord, just 
Imagine, try to imagine Martha. She must have been confused, disappointed, deceived, angry, guilty, not knowing what to think, not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do, unsure of what it all meant. And all of that, that mixed bag of emotions, it certainly must have hurt, right? Lord, if only, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We've, you've been there too, right? We've, we've been there. Maybe it's that literal thing when someone, a loved one passes away and we think the same things. Or maybe it's something totally different. But how often don't we? Lord, if only. <laughs> if only you had answered my prayer earlier or in a different way. Jesus, if only. Jesus, you coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? But Jesus wasn't done yet, and Mary wasn't done, because I remember I said there were two things. Mary said, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And certainly, she must have been confused and heartbroken and hurt. But with these words, Mary expressed her faith in Jesus. In faith, she spoke bluntly, honestly, right, frankly, because she knew, know, knew that Jesus lived to hear her soul's complaint. But then when she took that, she put it into Jesus' loving hands, the, one, the same hands that were pierced, and he left the re and she left the resolution of her problem to Jesus and trusted that Jesus would know what to do and what to say and when and why and how. And that's when Jesus came and he spoke to Martha, words that are just so simple, but they almost take our breath away. His words to Martha are very personal, right? Meant especially for her at that moment. But they also express a truth that's universal, meant for all of us, right? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even if he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never perish. And I think we understand what Jesus, even though Martha wasn't understanding from the beginning what Jesus was up to, we can see what he was doing, right? He was comforting Martha. He was comforting her, really, by teaching her. He was using this moment to teach her. We might say life lesson. We might say a, a lesson about life and death. There are two kinds of life, you know. There's physical life, the kind of life that all living human beings enjoy. And, but there's also spiritual life through faith in Jesus. Now and eternally, right? That means there's also two kinds of death. Physical death, but there's also a spiritual and eternal death. And so Jesus, to, to flush it out, we can say, whoever believes in me, Jesus said, will live spiritually and eternally, even if he dies physically. And whoever lives spiritually and believes in me will never perish, will never experience eternal death. And those words meant specifically for Mary and her situation are meant for all of us. They're true. Because death stinks. <laughs> we wish it were different. 
We wish we never had to say goodbye to a loved one. We wish we never had to think about our own mortality. In fact, probably often for me, for you, I don't know, we often like rather talk about anything else other than our own death. But physical death is a reality for all of us because of the spiritual death, which is our nature since Adam and Eve. Caused by sin, the wages of sin is death. And every time someone dies, we get that reminder, don't we? They seem like, they look like, we look like, we seem good people. But yet, people that are, by their own sinful nature, separated from God. We wish it were different. We wish that weren't true. But it is true. But that's not the only truth, is it? Because that's what we're here, and that's what we came last week. Because Jesus went to the cross. He was delivered for our offenses, and he was raised for our justification. And Jesus, by his living and by his dying, and by his living again, he has conquered and defeated death for us. And everyone who believes in him will live, will never experience eternal death, will never perish. And so for those who believe in Jesus, Death is not the end of life. It's just the beginning of eternal life. And Jesus comforts us with this message of life. I am the resurrection and the life. And I ask you, do you believe this? I pray that you do. I pray that God brings in you and through you the same confession of faith that he brought out of Mary in the midst of her grief through his words that are life and that give life. How did Martha have this hope for her brother and the resurrection? It seems like Jesus had spent some time talking to her about it previously. She seems to have an understanding. Maybe that Psalm 16 that we sang together that speaks about the resurrection. Maybe the words of Job in the Old Testament. I know that my Redeemer lives. We know that the Bible, even the Old Testament is, points us to waiting for eternal life through Jesus. And when Jesus waited in coming to Martha, he provided for her and for Mary and for all the people of Bethany and for his own disciples and even for us, a strengthening of our faith. You know, Martha was the one that was often confused about priorities of serving Jesus rather than being served by him and listening, but no longer. She now knew, right, that Jesus knew what he was talking about, and Martha knew what we know. Life with Jesus is wonderful because he gives us comfort in our grief. But yet Jesus wasn't finished. And a little while later, remember, Mary came out of the house to go and speak to Jesus. Mary had been crying, and she was crying, and the people around her were crying. Everyone was crying. When Mary got to Jesus, she said the same thing that Martha said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died, right? Just like Mary, her thoughts were, you know, if only you had been here, but now Lazarus is dead. There's nothing more that we can do. Death stinks. 
And that's when Jesus, remember the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept? That's when Jesus cried too, right? And the Bible says he was moved emotionally, moved in his innermost being by the circuit. The, the, the original word almost, it's the idea of being angry, but not the anger when he drove the money changers out of the temple or the anger when his disciples said, you know, children, get away from Jesus. He was really indignant in those times. But here, it's like a rage, a fury, a frustration. Over what? Over illness, over sickness, over sin, over the devil, over death. Jesus was sick and tired of death. And so now listen to what he did. Jesus was deeply moved again as he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Take away the stone, he said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, by this time there will be an order. Because it's been four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out and his, with his feet and his hands bound with strips of linen and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus told them, loose him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what Jesus did believed in him. Life with Jesus is wonderful. <laughs> he brings us from death to life. Even if Mary didn't understand everything that was going on at the beginning, I think it's easy to notice here that everyone knew what Jesus was doing. Dead men wrapped in burial cloths don't usually walk out of their tombs, right? But that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He told the folks, take away the stone. And he called out with a loud voice, you know, Lazarus, come out. And there he was standing in front of them. You know, the word, the Greek word for resurrection uh, literally means to stand again. Now think about it. There's this dead corpse, lifeless, did not move. And Jesus calls to Lazarus. And he stands again before them. So much that Jesus had to invite the gave the others the privilege of taking off those burial clothes so that he could walk, right? What a privilege for them. What a privilege for us to hear, experience this here through God's word. But I want to make sure, mention four things I want you to notice about Jesus to take home, I guess. His trust in his heavenly father, right? We hear, hear that come through. His love for people. The fact that he was moved in his inner being. The love that Jesus has for all people. His dominion over death. Okay? Death cannot touch Jesus, cannot affect Jesus at all. We heard about that and that message from last week is still ringing in our ears and may we never forget it. Jesus has conquered death for us but also his desire that all people live now to the fullest, but also live eternally. 
There were two big reactions that day to that miracle. You heard one, many people believed in Jesus, but also at the same time, the Jewish leaders were hardened in their hearts. In fact, so much that from this point on, they were decided and determined to get rid of Jesus. Little did they know that their plot to bring about Jesus' death would be folded into God's plan to bring life to all people and to live now and eternally. That is Jesus' promise to you also. His words here are clear. The Word of God is clear. The Bible is clear. And by God's grace, you believe it through the work of the Holy Spirit. You know that Jesus has brought you from spiritual death to spiritual life. You enjoy that life right now and will enjoy that life eternally. You know, Lazarus eventually, we don't know how long, but eventually he died again physically. <laughs> but because Lazarus believed and lived in Jesus, he never perished. We know that. And you and I, all of us, one day are going to die. Um, medicine, exercise, diet, fitness, uh, treatments, they can do amazing things, but they can only postpone death, can't they? Jesus, yes, can heal illnesses and diseases like cancer and diabetes and COVID-19. But Jesus gives us more <laughs> than we could ever ask for or even imagine, right? He gives us eternal life through faith in Jesus. We will live even though we die. In some ways, in many ways, life stinks, but death really, really stinks, and yet Jesus has overcome death and has saved us from death. Sometimes he makes us wait, but he always makes things better because life with Jesus is wonderful. He comforts us in our grief, and he also brings us from death to life. Think about it. We will stand again. We will rise, and we will live eternally with God in heaven. So praise God for that, and preach that good news with your words and with your actions. And tell others, help others know what you know, that life with Jesus is wonderful and it doesn't end. And help others to rip off the burial linens of death and live. Amen. Now may the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding, may it keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.